Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was, I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com. This is the Ian Furness Show. They're on their feet inside Wrigley. Kelvin chasing, watching, gone. Grand slam. The Cubs have taken the lead in the bottom of the third inning. Velasquez called up yesterday. Came in the game as a defensive replacement yesterday. He's having a night. Scott's got to go to his bullpen. And a game the Mariners at one point led 7-0. Eight unanswered by the Cubs. Text us at 49451 and hit the talkback mic on the iHeartRadio app. Petrangelo back to Stevenson. Petrangelo shooting on the rebound. Marcheseau scores. Jonathan Marcheseau makes it a 4-1. Golden Knight lead on the power play. This is the new Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Highlight uh, from the first one is courtesy of Root Sports, the other one right here. Uh, welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. Everybody doing? We all good? We got Greg Cosell sitting by, so no time for chit-chat, but how are you feeling? I am feeling so great. Good, good. Yes. Good. Nothing like a good steam and a good workout. Yeah, not as much for me. Two couple four losses yesterday, but, you know, we move on. It was a bad day for sports here, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, cracking thing, I don't know. I guess it sort of matters. How much it. would have changed? Well, if you want third, you still have a chance for it. But yeah. do you really want third if it's going to be Edmonton? I just want to see us perform better against playoff teams instead of just beating the bad ones. Well, yeah. I mean, the fact is they've only beaten two teams that are going to the playoffs since March. First, twice. Every win has been against a bad team. Yep. So. And you know what's weird? Bad teams aren't in the playoffs. Really? I, it's great. Well, that's not true. In the NBA, they are. in the NBA, they are. <laughs> yeah. We call those playoffs at There's, this point. Yeah, the the, the play in game. The NBA has a couple teams below 500 and a couple other 500 teams. So yeah, the NBA they are, but uh, yeah, not in uh, in the National Hockey League. All right, Cosell standing by. We'll get to him. We're going to uh, touch in on a little bit more. We'll look at the Jalen Carter poll question from yesterday. Wrap that up, and also keep an eye on what's going on with the M's. All that coming up. But first, headlines. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. Brought to you by Venue Kings, VenueKings.com. M's blow a 7 nothing lead yesterday, lose 14-9. Uh, I wonder what the final was. I turned it off. Okay, there you go, 14-9. How about that? Kraken <laughs> uh, fell the Knights 4-1 last night. Uh, they're still in the first wild. They're not going to slip below the first wild card spot. Still an outside chance to get to the third position of the Pacific Division. We won't know who they're playing later on until uh, probably Friday night after Colorado wraps yeah. up the season. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. What's going on there? Uh, AP saying Matty Beneers will win the Calder Trophy. They're uh, predicting that. He should. There's some guys that have kind of made up some ground lately on him, but he should win that as the Rookie of the Year in the National Hockey League. Uh, by the way, we're giving away tickets to uh, T-Bird's game on Friday. We'll give away some four-packs of that coming up uh, during the Daily Power Play, I believe. You know the two words. Yep, you know it. Don't text them now, Portland Sox. Not now. <laughs> Don't text them now, Portland Sox. But, uh, but just remember, we'll ask for that later on today. But you know what it's time to do? Talk a little NFL draft. He's standing by. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Greg Cosell. 
As part of our continuing coverage of the NFL, it's time for Ian's weekly visit with NFL Films' Greg Cosell. Brought to you by Two Beers and Seattle Cider Company. On your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. And here we go, Greg Cosell, ESPN matchup show, and of course, NFL Films. He is all things guru as far as watching the tape. He is our guy during the season. He's our guy during the draft, and he joins us right now, courtesy of Two Beers and Seattle Cider. Greg, my friend, how are you today? Doing great, Ian. How are you? I'm great. I'm, we're just a couple, in fact, two weeks from today, we'll be talking about the draft on the eve of the draft, so we're getting getting very close. We're going to talk about cornerbacks in a second. Uh, Seattle has a need, obviously, obviously, probably opposite Tariq Woolen. And we'll get to those guys in a second. Before I get to that, we talked about Jalen Carter a couple of weeks ago. I think it was right after his pro day. Uh, I, I bring his name up again, Greg, because he, he was in town yesterday. And you know how fans are. Everyone gets excited. Oh, he's in town. He's this guy. Mock drafts have him going to Seattle. And, you know, frankly, we've talked about him a lot over the last couple of years. He's a guy that would have gone really high last year as well. Had that poor workout at his pro day. Had the issues off the field. I'm going to just kind of take one step back and I'm going to ask you maybe a little different question because I hear this all the time. People say, well, listen, if he's there at five, Seattle can't pass on Aaron Donald. They can't pass on that guy. And I believe you were the one that told us before they're not the same player, but I'll just ask you in Jalen Carter. uh, When you watch the tape of Jalen Carter, do you see Aaron Donald? Do you see a different type of player? You know, it's, it's always hard to compare a player to a, a player who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, oftentimes you do that stylistically, you know, because right. you never want people to think, well, if they draft Jalen Carter, they have Aaron Donald. You know, that that's a hard thing to say. Um, you know, I think that Donald is his combination of strength, power, quickness is so, so good. You know, Carter has elements of that in his game clearly. Um, but you know, he hasn't done it at the NFL level, so I'd, I'd be leery of saying he's Aaron Donald. But there's no question that Carter, just as a player on tape, putting aside all the other potential concerns that teams might have, there's no question you see athleticism, you see quickness, you see explosiveness, you see strength, you see power, you see strong, heavy hands. He's got tremendous pop in his hands to literally toss 300-pound offensive linemen off of him. So, there's a lot to like about Jalen Carter. He's a really, really good prospect. Um, I just don't want it to be like, well, if they draft Jalen Carter, it's Aaron Donald, no question. You know, that, that's that's a hard thing to say. But the, and I bring that up only this. I thought it was you, maybe as somebody else uh, that had said, you know, like Aaron Donald's such a great penetrator and such a great, you know, he chased. I right. mean, I, I don't know. He probably has 20 career sacks just against Russell Wilson. It felt like during his time right, here, right, right. that's not sliding Russell. That's just the way he he is. And it's maybe this way they utilize him as well. I, do we see that same type of, you know, uh, game uh, in Carter or is he a little bit more of a run stopper? Disruptive no, no, scrimmage? no. He's I mean, you see a similar style of play. You know, the one thing you always have to think about. When you draft Georgia defensive linemen, they have so many five-star recruits that their defensive linemen do not play a lot of snaps. I mean, Carter um, only played 392 snaps this year after playing only 396 in 2021. 
So the question becomes, and this is something you've got to figure out and you have to decide why this is the case. Maybe it's just a function that they have so many five stars. We don't know. I don't know that. Obviously, I'm not speaking to Kirby Smart, Pete Carroll and and, and that group. They can. Um, but, you know, if you're drafting Jalen Carter, ultimately, you're not drafting him to play 15 or 20 snaps a game. So you have to decide. You know, that was the case even when the Eagles last year drafted Jordan Davis, who averaged about 20 snaps a game at Georgia in his last year. So you see that a lot. Um, but there's no question that the traits are absolutely there. You're dealing with a sudden explosive athlete off the ball as a pass rusher. He's got great lateral quickness. Um, he's got elite first step quickness. So there's a lot there to like. Um, some might say he's not consistent on every snap, but, you know, rarely – our defensive tackles that way you know they're defensive tackles they're 300 pound players for the most part uh great cosell joining us big thanks to beer seattle cider all right i want we want to talk about defensive backs today and and obviously been a strength for seattle under pete carroll at times over his years there's a number of names out there a lot of guys that you know are getting a lot of talk i'm just going to throw out a bunch of names in a word soup here and i'm going to ask you a question afterwards devin witherspoon from illinois christian gonzalez from oregon deontay banks from maryland joey porter jr penn state uh guy julian brents who kind of fits a seattle mode from kansas state as i say some of those names and maybe it's somebody else and we'll talk about a lot of these guys specifically but of, of the guys i just mentioned is there one that jumps off the tape more than any other well in some ways, it depends, I think, exactly what you're looking for. You know, I, I believe in today's NFL that you have to be able to play press man coverage. Now, every team doesn't play press man on every snap. Even teams who are foundationally man coverage teams, Ian, don't play press man on every snap. But I think the way the game has evolved with uh, the nature of passing games in the league, there's a lot more quick game. There's RPOs. You need to be able to disrupt receivers off the ball. So, you know, let's just start with that. And there's two corners who, to me, really embody the ability to play press man at a high level in this draft. Um, there's probably three, but let's start with two. Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. You're probably familiar with him. Yep. You know, he, he actually spent all three years in the uh, in the Pac-12 because he played at Colorado prior to playing his one year at, at Oregon. Um, this guy is smooth as silk. I mean, he's over 6'1", close to 200. He, his measurables are exceptional. Um, he's got outside inside flexibility, although he predominantly played outside in 2022. When you watch this guy play press man, and there's two kinds of press man, just so people understand. There's physical press man where you, you get your hands on the receiver as he begins his release off the line of scrimmage. Um, and there's what we call mirror match press man where you don't touch the receiver. You simply wait for him to declare his release, and then you literally get in his hip pocket or whatever shoulder it is, inside shoulder, outside shoulder, and, and you just stay with him that way. Um, Gonzalez can do both really, really well. Um, and there were, there were press man snaps in which he physically drove the receiver out of bounds. So he makes it look very easy. Sometimes you, you would watch him play press man and it looked like it was seven on seven in practice. Uh, and he's got tremendous length. That's what you want. Um, the other corner who I think plays press man at a really, really high level, um, is Deontay Banks from Maryland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Maryland, you know, he's another guy that has good size, six feet, almost 200. Again, phenomenal measurables. Um, this guy, he's, he's, 
a press man corner. That's what he is. And, you know, the nice thing about seeing him play is he was in the Big Ten, so you saw significant snaps against Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. You always want to see that, you know, corners against really, really good receivers. And I'm telling you, they had some really good battles. You know, it it didn't happen on every snap, obviously, but they had some really good battles. Banks was more than able to hold his own uh, versus Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, It was fun to watch. Um, Banks won some couple times Harrison won but this guy is a press man corner um and that's what he is he plays mirror match really really well there were some reps in mirror match that were absolutely textbook patience match positioning so yeah so the third guy I would say that is kind of built for press man is Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is over 6'2 okay um he's about 195 pounds uh and hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. What he has is ridiculous arm length for a corner, 34-inch arms, which is bigger than some offensive linemen. It's, it, it's longer than Peter Skoransky, the, the player who most people think could you know go in the top 10 as an offensive lineman. So you know, you're dealing with a big, long corner um, that has – perfect traits to play press man and that's what he's most comfortable playing he's smooth he's fluid um you know he flips his hips pretty easily and those long arms are a big plus in press man because you can get your hands on the receiver while staying in phase with your footwork you know you don't have to lose your footwork because you have such long arms so those three guys to me and they're you know there there might be others down the road but talking about players who were talked about as potential top 15 top 20 picks those three guys stand out to me as as the press man corners in this draft uh greg cosell joining us uh, before i talk about a couple of the guys let me let me take one step back as you mentioned every team is playing some form of that in you know on occasion at least if not you know a lot when you watch seattle i'm thinking in my mind it feels like that you were describing how richard sherman used to play here is that how they still play in seattle with Tariq Woolen and others uh, I mean, I wouldn't say exactly, um, you know, but um, the the point is, I think overall is at some point you have to be able to do it. You know, you have that, to have that ability. You have to you have, have, that, to ability. have that ability. Okay. You know, it's just like it's just like when people say, well, you know, there's offensive linemen, you know, the games change. There's there's less deeper drops and, you know, there's more quick game. Yeah, there is. That's true. But you know what? Sometimes it is third and nine, and sometimes you need your offensive tackle to take a vertical set and block one-on-one. You know, there are certain things you have to be able to do um, that, you know, in some ways, to use the term that is often used, there are some things that are somewhat non-negotiable. You have to be able to do it um, because you're going to have to do it at some point. And if you can't, then it limits what you can do on defense. And you don't want to be in that situation. I mean, I've had conversations with defensive coordinators over the years, guys I've known for years. You know, who always say, hey, if, if I don't have a guy who can do this at this position, then that that limits my playbook. And no coach wants to be in that situation. 
Devin Witherspoon, and boy, it feels like there's a lot of Big Ten uh, cornerbacks we're talking about. There, he'd yeah. be the third guy I bring up. Devin Devin Witherspoon from Illinois allowed just 22 catches on 63 targets last season. Uh, but it sounds like he was kind of a come out of nowhere, I had a great year last year type of guy. Uh, what did you see from Devin Witherspoon? Well, he did have 32 starts in his career, so it's not as if he, he didn't play prior to this year. Um he played predominantly outside corner, but he, he did play meaningful number of snaps in the slot. He is not quite as smooth as those guys. He's a little stiffer. But this guy plays, and I think I, I'm allowed to say this on the radio, this guy plays pissed off. Oh, I yeah. mean, he is angry um, in a good way. He's feisty. He's competitive. Um You'll want him in your in your corner room, in your defensive back room. I mean, he's only 181 pounds. He's 5'11 and a half, so he's not significantly short, but he's 181 pounds. Um, he had a, a private pro day because he was hurt, and he ran a really good 40 time, so that helps him. But he's got quick, sudden, explosive feet. He plays aggressively, decisively, with a really high level of competitive toughness. And this guy, like I said, you're excited to have him on your team. And he's one of those guys. He's a trendsetter. He's a tempo setter. He's an attitude player. If if you see all of that on tape, it must be extraordinary. I mean, those traits you just described, I mean – that that must be – I'm assuming he's a good tackler against the run as well? Yeah, oh, no, he plays the run really well, and he will attack against the run. He's he's a – you know, a note I made watching him was aggressive and physical tackler, both in the run game and rallying downhill to tackle receivers. He brings the wood. This, that's the way this guy plays. You know, he's – it's clear on the tape. Julius Brents is a guy that I'm curious about from Kansas State, uh, a little bit older, 23 years old. But uh, when I just when I see six three hundred and ninety or so pounds, I'm thinking. Now you you talked about what Porter's arm length is, and that's a big thing with the Seahawks when they're measuring guys' arm length. That's always been a thing with Pete Carroll and John Schneider for corners. But when I see Julius Brent, that that kind of jumps off the page at me. I know some people have him ranked a little down, a little bit lower, but a guy that that fits what Seattle has liked to do over the years in terms of having that longer corner. And by the way, his arm length is also thirty four inches, the same as Joey. Wow. Wow. And his measurables, again, you know, I, I don't know exactly, you know more about how Pete Carroll and the group thinks, you know, Schneider think up there, but this guy's vertical jump was off the charts. His broad jump was off the charts. For a guy this long, his 10-yard split in the 40 was really, really good. So while his 40 time wasn't, oh, my God, his 10-yard split for a 6'3", 198-pound corner was really, really good. So, again, just like you said, Ian, you're dealing with size, length, Plus athleticism, another guy who's really competitive. Um, and it's funny you mentioned, mentioned Richard Sherman because in my notes I said he's long and rangy with rare arm length for a corner, two inches longer than Richard Sherman's arm length. So this guy is really long. And because of that length overall, 6'3", with those 34-inch arms, he can be effective both in mirror match press man and physical press man. So – you know, you wouldn't call him sudden and twitchy in his movement. Rarely are guys 6'3", like that. Even Richard Sherman, obviously a great, great player. You wouldn't call him sudden and twitchy, you know. But 6'3", corners rarely fit that athletic profile. But he's smooth. He's fluid. I kind of like uh, Julius Brantz. I think he'll – my guess – you know, you never know this. Because, you know, how in, in every draft you, you start to say, well, there's going to be a run on this position, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know that. None of us know that. Um my sense is 
he'd probably be seen by most as a day two pick, but you just never know if corners start flying off the board. Because keep in mind, where are we in this league right now? It's about the passing game for the most part. So everybody thinks quarterbacks, and obviously this draft has quarterbacks unlike a year ago, but that means you've got to defend quarterbacks. So what what does that mean? Rushers and corners. So corners could come off the board, and, you know, you never know. Let me uh, kind of wrap it up with this. There's some other names. I'm just going to throw a bunch of names out there. You tell me who jumps out. Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, Cam Smith out of South Carolina, Garrett Williams out of Syracuse. Uh, maybe DJ Turner out of Michigan. Uh, of those guys, who kind of jumps out at you? I'll, I'll mention Cam Ward here. Um, Forbes, I would not think that – I could be wrong, but I would not think that the Seahawks would be interested. He's an outlier. He's 166 pounds. Um, and and even though he's over six feet and he's and his tape's good, he would be considered an outlier. You know, I, I can recall a corner – certainly in recent memory and maybe even going back 20, 30 years, I can't recall an outside corner at at less than 170 pounds. So let's leave him alone for the moment. Cam Smith is 6'1", about 180, really good measurables again. Um, Another one of those guys that this guy has some, he's, he's a little more sudden. He's got some twitchy movement to him. He's played extensive experience playing both outside and the slot. So you have that outside inside flexibility. Um, he's got really fluid hips. He, his transitions are really easy. So, you know, I, I think this guy, again, you never know, but I made the note that I think he'll be selected for sure in the top 60 of the, of the draft. Now, again, if scorners start coming off the board, he could, he could come off uh, earlier, but I really liked Cam Smith as well. I'll wrap it up with this, Greg. I think it's interesting as we're talking about this day, you know, we do this every week. I feel some, I, I, maybe this is the wrong word, but I feel some enthusiasm from you with this particular position group. It feels like this is a strong position group this year. And as you mentioned, and I think it's a great point that maybe we don't talk about enough. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. Jay Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because of the way the league is trending, because of how it's becoming a pass-heavy league, this is a massively important position. I mean, we, have, oh. you know, everyone, everyone wants to, you know, an edge rusher or a quarterback. Those are all fun. The wide receivers are fun and sexy. We talked about those guys last week. But man, you better have two legit corners in this league, and it sounds like this is a pretty good class. Yeah, and you, and I mean, obviously they're in a division with the Niners who play a lot of base personnel, but you know that's two out of seventeen games. So the point is, is that you never have enough corners, and and if you get caught. You know, the thing is, you start playing teams that play a lot of 11 personnel, meaning three wide receivers, which is most of the league, by the way, as you know, 
then if you, if you get stuck with having to play your fifth or sixth corner due to injury, whatever the reason, that can cause significant problems for your defense. Because, again, the, the reason it causes problems is because it limits what your defensive coordinator can do. Because now he's playing to compensate for a weakness as opposed to playing to strengths. And no coach wants to be in that position. That's playing from a position of weakness. And so in this league, you never have enough corners. Oh, never have enough Greg Cosell, man. Never have enough of you, my my friend. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let you go for another week, and and next week we'll, uh, we'll man. We're we're getting close. We're getting dangerously close. And then after that, you disappear. For a, you you after that, you disappear for a few months, don't you? Uh, well, not really. Unfortunately, I'm a little nutsy, and but you probably knew that anyway. <laughs> Listen, I just who, you know, you who know am I to start, judge? Who I, am I, I to judge? I start jumping into like. I go back to NFL tape and I choose things that I just want to study. Like, for instance, the Detroit Lions had a really good offense this year. And, you know, it's totally different watching a team five games in a row as opposed to once a week when I'm trying to watch everybody. So, you know, I do things like that. I do my own little my own little study sheets, you know, it's and and it just, uh, you know, it, it becomes an academic project. I, I need it. I need a note from you in that when you stumble across five days of the Seahawks, when you do that at some point this summer, let's reconvene. But we got a couple more weeks before the draft. We'll right. do that. Uh, and uh, and I appreciate it all as always. Good stuff today from uh, from Greg on Jalen Carter, but also it's a really good cornerback class. Thanks to Two Beers and Seattle Cider. Uh, you can check them out at the Woods Tasting Room right between East Marginal Way and First Avenue South. Fantastic spot. By the way, Bread and Circus is in there. Really good food. Go in there, enjoy something. A pint. They got crowlers to go now as well. Thirty two ounces. So so if you want to go a little smaller, they've got there at the Woods Tasting Room in uh, in Soto. All right, my friend, uh, back to the tape. We'll send you back to the to the the Cosell Cave and back to your tape, and we'll talk to you in seven days. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. Greg Cosell. We'll come back discuss what Greg had to say next on ninety three point three KJRFM. Now back to Ian Furness on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage and the 2023 NFL draft coming April 27th. Welcome to the NFL draft. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR FM. Start the party. Big thanks to Seattle Cider Two Beers for uh, bringing us Greg Cosell every week during the regular season, and then every that's every Friday, and then during the uh, pre-draft lead-up every Wednesday as well. And we'll talk to Greg probably. Uh, yes, we'll kind of see how it goes on the Friday after day one of the draft. We'll probably try to sneak uh, sneak him on at some point as well and see what the uh, the Hawks have done. Uh, but big thanks, Seattle Cider Two Beers. You can go uh, check out both Seattle Cider and Two Beers are at the uh, base of the Woods Tasting Room. If you haven't been there yet, fantastic spot. They got all kinds of like old school video games, Golden Tea, and uh, they got a little shuffleboard. They got skeet ball. They got all kinds of fun stuff. Plus, of course, you can try all the great beers and ciders on tap, especially some that you don't see in your local grocery store or even maybe in uh, in, in your local establishment that you like to go to. I asked a question yesterday about Jalen Carter. He was here to visit with the Seahawks. We're going to revisit Cosell one more time and kind of put a, a bow on on the Jalen Carter conversation. But I asked the question uh, to, to, to Cosell right when we started this, and I want to go back to that answer because I think it's an important one. It just feels like Seattle and Jalen Carter in some way, shape, or form are destined to be a story come draft day, whether it's, they don't take him, they do take him, or they trade away and they could have taken him. Type of, I just feel like he's going to be there at five one way or the other. He's going to be a story. 
And so here's Cosell again. Listen carefully. I, because I, I want to know like who and what this guy is. And so I asked him the question, is Jalen Carter basically Aaron Donald? You know, it's it's always hard to compare a player to a, a player who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, oftentimes you do that stylistically, you know, because right. you never want people to think, well, if they draft Jalen Carter, they have Aaron Donald. You know, that that's a hard thing to say. Um, you know, I think that Donald is his combination of strength, power, quickness is so, so good. You know, Carter has elements of that in his game clearly. Um, but, you know, he hasn't done it at the NFL level. So I'd, I'd be leery of saying he's Aaron Donald. But there's no question that Carter, just as a player on tape, putting aside all the other potential concerns that teams might have, there's no question you see athleticism, you see quickness, you see explosiveness, you see strength, you see power, you see strong, heavy hands. He's got tremendous pop in his hands to literally toss 300-pound offensive linemen off of him. So there's a lot to like about Jalen Carter. He's a really, really good prospect. Um, I just don't want it to be like, well, if they draft Jalen Carter, it's Aaron Donald, no question. You know, that, that's that's a hard thing to say. But the, and I bring that up only. This I thought it was you, maybe as somebody else uh, that had said, you know, like Aaron Donald's such a great penetrator and such a great, you know, he chased. I right. mean, I, I don't know. He probably has twenty career sacks just against Russell Wilson. It felt like during his time right, here. Right, right. That's not sliding Russell. That's just the way he he is, and it's maybe this way they utilize him as well. I, do we see that same type of you know? Uh, game uh, in Carter or is he a little bit more of a run stopper disruptive no, no. scrimmage no he's I mean you see a similar style of play you know the one thing you always have to think about when you draft Georgia defensive linemen they have so many five-star recruits that their defensive linemen do not play a lot of snaps I mean Carter um, only played 392 snaps this year after playing only 396 in 2021 so the question becomes, and this is something you've got to figure out and you have to decide why this is the case. Maybe it's just a function that they have so many five stars. We don't know. I don't know that. Obviously, I'm not speaking to Kirby Smart, Pete Carroll and, and, and that group. They can. Um, but, you know, if you're drafting Jalen Carter, ultimately, you're not drafting him to play 15 or 20 snaps a game. So you have to decide. You know, that was the case even when the Eagles last year drafted Jordan Davis, who averaged about 20 snaps a game in Georgia in his last year. So you see that a lot. Um, but there's no question that the traits are absolutely there. You're dealing with a sudden explosive athlete off the ball as a pass rusher. He's got great lateral quickness. Um, he's got elite first step quickness. So there's a lot there to like. Um, some might say he's not consistent on every snap, but, you know, rarely – our defensive tackles that way, you know, they're defensive tackles. They're 300 pound players for the most part. Good stuff there from Cosell. All right. So that puts a wrap on Jalen Carter. We'll, let's, let's put a bow on this. I'm going to look back at the, te- uh, the, uh, the Twitter poll question from yesterday, 2,557 votes. So a lot of votes, uh, Jalen Carter reportedly here to visit the Seahawks. There's a lot to think about on the field, off the field, pro day, et cetera. What do Hawk fans want to see happen? If, if he is sitting there at number five, Fifty-six percent say it's a no-brainer and draft him. Thirty point eight, so about thirty-one percent say take someone else, and thirteen percent say trade the pick. 
when it's all said and done. All right, so that's those are the final numbers there. We've had a day to chew on it. We've had a day to think about it. We heard Cosell one more time, fresh Cosell talking about Jalen Carter. I'll go around the horn one more time and, and see if anybody has changed their mind. Jessamine, yesterday you said trade the pick. You still say trade the pick? Yeah, it has no offense to any positive or negative analysis from Greg Cosell. I want that pick going. Okay, you want the draft capital. I want draft capital because I trust this team with as many as possible. Okay. I was pretty hesitant yesterday, um, but you know I trust how much John Schneider loves to get his you know value out of those top picks. But I am pretty uh, kind of set on uh, wanting someone in that interior spot that can be a disruptor. Um, I think the as Cosell seemed that the traits are definitely there. Mm-hmm. So I'm more a little bit more convinced now that that is kind of the type of player that the Seahawks need at this point. So. Yeah, I, 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 it'd be really hard to pass on him right now. So I'm wavering a little bit. I'll put it that way. I am too. I'm wavering. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn. I, I'm. There's a lot of big part of me that agrees with what Jessamine said. I think that there is that. I have a trust factor in this in this scouting staff, in the personnel department, Schneider, his group. I have, I have a trust that, you know, with what they could do with that fifth pick, I think it could change the complexion of the team. At, at the same time, there is that. There is that FOMO factor, right? The, the fear of missing out with a guy like Carter if he ends up being the impact player that a lot of people, that many people kind of consensus kind of think he's going to be. That is, that causes you to t- kind of take a step back. And that's, that's reason for pause because if you, you know, we saw, you know, those of us old enough to remember, we saw, you know, what Cortez did in the middle, yeah. a disruptor. And how dominant that can be. And yeah, you don't have to be necessarily Aaron Donald, but that guy in the middle of your line, you know, can make a huge, huge difference. Doesn't it just seem like that's the exact type of player this defense needs? Well, it is. It is. I mean, they've had, it feels like they've had all these guys that are just kind of, they should be good rotation guys. Right. You know, the Quentin Jeffersons, the Shelby Harris's, the Al Woods, the Puna Forge of the world, just guys that are, I don't want to say they're just guys because a lot of those guys were all decent football players and collectively they were okay. But man, it's just a guy that could really just truly give you a game changer, a game changing yes. element, a guy that could, you know, that that could control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. You know, really not since me Bain when he was in his prime, did they kind of have that? They had that Brandon when, when Brandon was at his very, very best, he wasn't that, but he was close. He was a disruptor, good player, couldn't run against him. Like you know, but they they just really haven't had that guy. Yeah. Well, Frank Clark, I felt like was that guy, but he's an who edge made guy. a difference. Oh, you're talking though. about interior. Yeah. Yeah. Jaron um, Reed had a great one year here. Yeah. yeah. Like he a sure great, did. but it was mostly as a pass rushing guy from the inside. Yeah. He even going back to that year, he wasn't great against the run. Um. So yeah, I I I would just I think they're in such a great situation. They haven't been in this great situation. I mean, they're in a terrific situation. If he's there at five. I think it would be hard for them to pass. If he's not there, because I know everybody likes to jump on the Will Anderson thing, and we'll have to go back and pull out the Will Anderson sound bites from Cosell. I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't as high on Will Anderson as a lot of people were. I think you're right on that, yes. I know you're kind of going through all that stuff, Anders. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's a good problem to have. Five's a good problem to have, and you probably can't go wrong in a sense either. Okay, we'll take a break, come back. I'm going to, we're going to check in with, uh, I, I talked to Ron Francis today, just for a few minutes, just a short little interview. Uh, with the GM of the Kraken, 
That'll be our daily power play. And then uh, I think we could also maybe, uh, you know, give away some Thunderbird tickets next Ooh. segment as well. All right. We'll do that coming up next. 93.3 KJRFM. Malkin shoots one in on goal. Deflection. They score! It's Crosby! In front, Kudra! Score! This is the daily power play. Deep slot, one-timer, McKinnon. He scores! McDavid with the finish! Now, Ian Furness on Sports Radio 93.3. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for! KJR-FM. All right, here we go. Uh, daily power play on your home for the Kraken 93.3 KJR-FM. We're going to give away some uh, tickets. We're going to hear from Ron Francis in just a moment. Getting ready for the playoffs. Stand by for that. But also, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to waste some tickets. Your friends, the Seattle Thunderbirds, are in the second round. Western Conference semifinals, WHL. Uh, round two starts on Friday against the Prince George Cougars. You guys both been to Prince George, haven't you? Lovely place. I have not. You're not miss- yet. You're missing nothing, and you have no reason to go there. Trust me. <laughs> I got to scratch that yet. Scratch that <laughs> off the list. Anyway, uh, they play Friday and Saturday, games one and two here against PG. 7 o'clock on Friday, 6.05 on Saturday. Round two of the postseason, those are games one and two. You can get tickets, seattlethunderbirds.com. That's seattlethunderbirds.com. But we're going to give away, let's do this, let's give away two four-packs right now. All righty. Two four-packs to the game on Friday. Two four-packs, eight full tickets. Yes, so you and three friends, you and three family members, so two four-packs. So good at math. Uh, You guys know the word to text, the two words to text in, 49451. Just text that in, and we'll randomly, we're not going to do like ninth or tenth or first or second, because we know people are listening on a variety of different ways and streams, and so sometimes... It just takes a little longer for you if you're listening on, say, the, the app or what have you. Yeah, we'll give you a few minutes here. We'll give you a few minutes. So, 49451, text in those two magical words. We'll give away two four-packs with tickets. In the meantime, go to SeattleThumbers.com. The two words are very relevant for the soccer team in Seattle's game this weekend as well. Hey. Oh, I, didn't, I forgot Sorry, about Sorry, not in Seattle, but away. Away. I yes. forgot about that. Yes. yes. I would expect Sounder fans to use that same phrase when they're down there. Okay. Oh, oh, more than just down there. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, sir. Yes, indeed. All right. 49451. Get those in, and we'll get you tickets uh, for Friday's game. Okay. Ron Francis, two-time Stanley Cup champion as a player, Hockey Hall of Famer, one of the top players in the history of the game, is now your GM of the, of the uh, Kraken. And uh, you'll see and hear this entire interview tonight on What's Kraken, 7 o'clock on Fox 13. But uh, here's my conversation this morning with the GM of the Kraken. Well, it's great to have a Stanley Cup champion who's also the general manager of the Seattle Kraken, Ron Francis, and a Hall of Famer, too. But I think Stanley Cup champion, when you look at your resume, is that the thing that you're most proud of? Well, yeah, I think as a kid, you know, you grow up and, and your dream is to, to one day play in the National Hockey League. I think, you know, the icing on the cake is if you're ever fortunate enough to win a Stanley Cup. There's a lot of great players that played a long time that never won. And, uh, you know, so certainly when that moment happens, it's uh, it's very, very gratifying. Yeah, I mean, a Hall of Famer, everything you've accomplished, but hoisting the cup is something that is, is truly something that every kid dreams of at some point in time. So when your team takes the ice, you have seven guys that have won the cup but you have obviously 16 others that haven't. If they were to come up to Ron Francis to say, what does it mean and what does it take? What would you answer? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it takes everybody sort of accepting whatever role and doing whatever it takes to be successful, whether that's, you know, taking a hit to make a play, blocking a shot, scoring a goal, you know, getting to the front of the net for a tip. Uh, there's so many things that factor into being successful, and, and it's the, you know, it's usually the best team, the, the, the team that's willing to do all those little things right that has success. So, um, you know, there's, there's nothing more intense. There's nothing more exciting, so kind of enjoy it and uh, you know, give it your best, enjoy it, and have fun doing it. They say the hardest trophy to win in sports, maybe the most prestigious as well. I think anybody in the hockey world would think that, but the hardest trophy as well. Seven-game series, some back-to-backs maybe in there, the travel. But what is it from a player's perspective that makes it the most difficult trophy to win? I think just mentally. Um, you know, you... you you're basically playing every other night for potentially two months and you have to get your game to that level you know on a game night and then when it's done you got a day to rest and then you got to get it back there again and you have to do that you know for potentially four seven game series over over the course of two months so physically it's demanding no question mentally being able to, to manage that and keep yourself uh, able to get to that level is it makes it so so taxing there's Stanley are playoff teams in both conferences. There's 16 total. But you wonder how many are truly Stanley Cup contenders, and that could be debated. I'll ask you this. Are the Seattle Kraken truly a Stanley Cup contender more than just a playoff team? Yeah, I know. We got an invitation to the dance, so we're a contender. <laughs> you know, uh, I look back at uh, our team in 2002 in Carolina that was playing on. I mean, nobody considered us a, having a chance to get there, and, and we got there and beat some really good teams along the way. So, um, you know, one thing is we start a new season, you know, next week. We don't know when yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's 16 teams that don't get the, the, the invitation to the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're one of the ones that did, so that gives us a chance to win the Cup for sure. I'll wrap it up with this. Is that the hardest thing right now is you and your coaching staff and your scouts and your analytics department? I know everybody wants to prepare for one opponent, but right now you're preparing basically for four. Yeah, it's uh, as tough as it is for everybody you mentioned. It's probably even harder on our team services guy who's trying to book <laughs> hotels in four different cities in case we end up in, in one place versus the other. But um, you know what? It's a good problem to have. There you go. Ron Francis, GM of the Kraken, uh, talking about his team as they get ready for the postseason. It'll start sometime next week. Monday or Tuesday will be game one. It'll be on the road. Uh, they'll either play, Right now it looks like they'll either play Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, we'll probably have to wait until late Friday. Actually, not too late Friday. The uh, Colorado wraps up at Nashville Friday at 5 Pacific time, so they should know by 7.30 uh, who they're playing, if not before, but uh, there you go. And by the way, we're, uh, we're getting a few texts in, 49451. That would be the Telemordu text line when it's game time. It's totally time. time. Well, good, good job. Almost, almost, we almost got We'll sync this up one way. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. It's going to get done. before the. Be, our goal is to have this synced up before football season. Uh, we'll okay. uh, we'll give Here away we'll those we'll give away those tickets two four packs Thunderbirds and Prince George coming up on Friday seven o'clock they play Saturday at six in game two tickets available SeattleThunderbirds.com for the show center Kraken are off they they play tomorrow and then they're off till next week so if you're a hockey fan get on down to the show where go support that team they have ten players I went through the list Gustafson Lambert Schaefer Davidson Doc Siona Gunther Allen Prokop Korchinski all are drafted players. That's insane. I mean, that is absolute. And they've got about four others that will be picked this year. And that's some crazy NHL talent, you know. Their backup goalie may get picked before their starting goalie. That's what's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, they're they're really good. So head on down there. Good quality of play uh, as well. All right. 
We'll take a break, come back. We'll check in with uh, the local baseball team as they wrap things up and wrap up the road trip. We'll do that next, 93.3 KJRFM. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com.